0: Listen up, C-Lab. I've got some great news for you. Until now, executives have been scrambling to find effective ways to retain customers and increase product engagement. But the solution is actually to train customers right from the start before any of those problems even arise. But without the proper tools,
1: it's easier said than done. Any thoughts, Dave? Yeah, Adam, you know, let me tell you about NorthPass, the game changer in digital customer education. Say goodbye to time-consuming and hard to track one-on-one trainings endless emailing of PDFs and help center links. NorthPass transforms your customer training into modern digital experiences. The best part, your learning program can be embedded seamlessly into your platform.
0: Well, that sounds great, but don't take our word for it. Take the word of industry leaders like Walmart, Pipedrive, Glassdoor, and Freshworks. They all choose NorthPass for customer training. So, hey, why don't you get started today? Go visit northpass.com and tell them that Adam and Dave sent you.
1: Welcome to Clown Lab, the Clown Education Laboratory, where we explore how to clown around, building clown education programs, experiment with new approaches, and exterminate with the myths and bad advice that stop clowning around dead in its tracks. I'm Dave Fluffy Pants Darrington, <laughs> and I'm do it again. It's dead. <laughs> Neither of them work. <laughs> I have two. I have two. <laughs> okay, okay.
0: I'm I'm uh, I'm the laugh maker. I did go to clown camp when I was younger, and my like, clown name was the laugh maker. I, I did, yeah. There, wow, clown camp I and. Mean, I went to clown camp. And part of it, the, wasn't like, part it wasn't like it wasn't like a full like sleepover with clowns. It was like you went to like the middle school for a weekend and you learned clown things and then you
1: put on a performance at the end. Sounds like fun. Yeah. I mean, we were just clowning around. All right. Speaking of clowning, what the heck? <sighs> yeah, what the heck are <laughs> we doing here?
0: Yeah, Dave, can you can you make some, some sense of
1: this? Yeah. Okay. So Every year, we like to do a fun episode where we pick something oblique and completely separate from what we're doing and relate it to our craft. So today, you know, there you go. Almost. In this episode, we're going to talk about ClownCore. Actually, we're going to talk about some artists that are involved in that and what, what we can learn about customer education from ClownCore. Okay. What is ClownCore? Let me explain. Adam, I think you did a listen through and... What was your first impression? Okay, so
0: let's maybe let's start with like Clancore is a band. A band. It yeah.
1: sounds it sounds like a
0: genre. It's a band. Yeah. So yes, I did. They have uh some insane viral videos that are very silly. All their albums are under 20 minutes. And it's extremely chaotic, like. Metal thrash electro electro jazz that is also circus music.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. That, does that feel that's the appropriate right? location of clown? Corps. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it back. clowncore. is not, yeah, it's a it's a band. So okay, let me frame it up by saying I stumbled on these these folks on YouTube. I you know, it's one of those late nights, you're scrolling, whatever. Yeah, sometimes and, you get to that side of YouTube. Yeah, and so what I see is two guys in really disturbing clown masks, like, you know, this clown, criminal clown mask you get. You got all black on. One guy is playing drums, and he's got some keyboards, and the other guy is got a saxophone, which I'm a saxophonist, so I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. What in the heck? What in the actual heck is going on here? I have been this big fan of this. Like, when I saw that, and especially, they were in one of the extra-wide porta-potties with the drum, and all the stuff and they were somehow packed in there and they were doing they did the whole album from that
0: which is yeah they also there's one that they did like i guess or at least they say they did in it just in the back of a van
1: yeah the van album or yeah that one was
0: yeah i think the albums are called like well, one driving. they're numb called van there's an album called toilet yep right that they just like recorded in these places apparently
1: yeah but but like think about that they're merging all kinds of different things together you can look them up. Their website is clowncore.computer. It's all on, on Wikipedia. So what, what does Wikipedia say? Well, Clowncore is an American duo composed of two anonymous artists who we think we know. They wore clown masks, speculated to be drummer Lewis Cole, who's from the Indie Tronica jazz funk band Noer, and Sam Gendel, who's a saxophonist and also a frequent collabor- uh, collaborator. They started in 2010. Album Toilet followed eight years later. That's when I picked it up. So it's 2018. Band came out in 2020. Now they got another one, an EP in 2021. So, yeah, that's yeah. what we're dealing yeah. with, here, and it's crazy. <laughs> it's fun. It's yeah. It's it's pretty.
0: It's pretty wild, honestly. Like I I came to these guys from a different angle because. I'd, I'd heard of clown Core, mostly because you talked about them, mm-hmm. but I actually came to them the other way, presuming let's, let's presume for the rest of this episode that clown Core are Lewis Cole and Sam Gandel, because even though in interviews, Lewis Cole says he, he's never heard of clown Core, <laughs> I think that might be the most telling example that he probably actually is. But like, so I I've been listening to Lewis Cole solo stuff and I've been listening to Noer, which is that indietronica Tronica jazz funk, Duo that he uh, does with uh, a woman named Genevieve Artati, who has her own uh, solo works as well. When they come together, they're they're a band called Nowhere, and and I came to them as well on YouTube and some Spotify recommendations and, and things like that. I, it's super interesting music, definitely to my tastes because it's a little bit out there. It's a little bit genre blending, and they have these like really cool DIY viral videos just like filmed in a house but there's like backup dancers intact. in fact the, the reason in his mom's house
1: <laughs> it's in his mom's house yeah they clear it out and they do these big things i mean they can't even fit everybody in the building there he's in the in the stairwell playing drums I mean, how cool is that yeah
0: or like sometimes they do it in like like they'll make like a super low low rent music video where like literally the whole video is he's just like Walking down the street, but he's walking funny. And he's got like Genevieve Vartati and some other backup dancer just like doing the same funny walks that that he's doing. And their lighting is literally the the rear lights of a of the car that they're filming from. So he's all red in the light. It's just like it's completely silly DIY stuff like that. And that's how these guys took off. So Lewis Cole, I think, really came to prominence about five years or so. Partially due to these viral videos, he had one about it was called "Bank Account," and it's just this like silly little song that he put together about his his bank account. Wait,
1: wait. I don't want to check my bank account. I'm too scared to check check bank account. Check it, check it. I mean, what? I mm-hmm. can't get that. It, it's if st- that gives you a taste. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's very evocative in reality. yeah
0: yeah for sure so like what do you what do you make of that Dave
1: oh it's I love the sincerity the vulnerability the ability they just go and and create just wacky stuff with good musical bones and explore and experiment and find the others wait sounds like I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) C-Lab yeah and and I mean the fact that like these guys got started
0: basically with these viral videos It's all very DIY, do it yourself. I guess like most people, not everyone knows what DIY means. Do do it yourself, right? So they're producing their own music. They're producing their own music videos. They're going viral, but they're really like you called this out earlier. They're taking their work directly to the listeners.
1: Well, isn't that what we do though in customer ed, in a way? Where I don't know. Say more. Well, if I were to to start leaning in on what are these folks. What are they teaching us? The thing, I would love to have a conversation with any one of them, particularly. I saw Louis, Cole, and uh, Genevieve, and everybody. And they came to Seattle, and I saw them. And I'm like, oh, my God. And we were in a, a jazz concert hall. And it was funny to watch the reactions of some of the people that were there. And there was this, this elderly couple in front of us that like looked at each other, looked, them looked at each other, got up and laughed after about 10 minutes. And they're like, this yeah. is jazz. Like I thought it would be, this is pretty crazy stuff.
0: Right. It's not that like classy jazz. Like similarly, like he, he came to, yeah. while they came because like, even when he plays solo, she's still in the band and Sam Gendel's still in the band. But like he came to do a a Louis Cole show in the Netherlands and oh he was backed by this like big Dutch orchestra that does basically like pop orchestra so it was like super lush, but they were all wearing skeleton costumes. Yeah. So I don't know, like it's, it's simultaneously beautiful, but very silly. So it's it's like a combination of that sincerity and vulnerability that you talked about, but it's also very tongue in cheek and they're not taking themselves very seriously. They're trying to like freak you out or throw you off a little bit.
1: Definitely. But
0: yeah, Dave, so you were going down this path. Like what can Clown core, Lewis Cole, Genevieve Artadi, Sam Gendel, what can they teach us about customer education?
1: They're so letting the work come first. What do you mean? What I mean by that is, look. Okay, let's 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 talk about our craft in customer education. One of the things that I finally feel- won't someone talk about our craft. Finally, God, okay. The thing that I I have so much passion and, and excitement for is that we have a calling. Okay. Think about, think about Lewis Cole and think about the band. They have this like calling to make this really creative stuff and they're exploring and experimenting with new ideas. They want to bring something to the world. They they have a message, right? Mm -hmm. So that the, the concept of DIY for me resonates very well. It's a, Oh, I don't have to go to make this really high quality production with all, like I have to make a studio, do all the things. I think, If I talked to the me years ago that tried to go to this aspirational perfectionist, it's got to look perfect. It's got to be on brand. We got to do. No, no, no. The DIY feeling is that I can get out there to, to now, to my fans, to our listeners, to our learners and connect. And that simple act of that joy and the fun of doing the craft is part of the craft to me. It lets the product and and the the craft itself to help the product that we're trying to train people on come first. This episode is brought to you by Vidiate. Vidiate automates the creation of software videos, making it super fast and easy to produce up-to-date content with every new release. From script to screen with no in-between, you're able to skip all the manual labor of production by simply plugging in a script to the platform and then watching that video come to life in real time Check it out today at video.io.
0: I take two things out of what you just said. One is that they're kind of putting the the work before centering themselves. Like you often say, put put yourself on the shelf. Uh-huh. And I think they're doing that in a lot of cases, right? Like if you're gonna put on clown masks and never reveal your identity, to some extent, you are letting the music speak before yourself, right? Because like if you're if you're gonna play anonymously or pseudonymously you're inherently saying you know what like i'm i'm letting the work probably speak more than than me like i'm never going to do an interview as clowncore but you're also getting to this idea of diy and i think it's interesting right because like you're not you're not saying everything has to be highly produced and perfectionistic to your point you're showing your personality and letting your personality and letting the kind of the character of of the thing you're producing speak more highly than doing it the traditional way or doing the fully produced way. So like, I agree as a customer education leader, I'm not saying like, don't meet your brand standards and just like throw out a lot of like really crappy looking stuff because it's DIY. Like if you do that and then say, Adam told you to do that, then like, we're, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna come for you. But right. So like what we're (laughs) saying though, is like, don't, don't assume that everything has to be, Super high production value to make customers interested. I think personality wins.
1: I mean, quiet here because like it, not the
0: personality of like the person creating it, the personality that's coming through in the work.
1: Right, right. Well, and and as you're speaking, I was thinking of all kinds of things. It's one of the things I find find is really interesting. Let's talk about me as a. I, I'm just going to frame myself up as an artist. My craft is to tell a story, right? And, and he said, frame up. You should have taken a shot. It's to tell a story and bring things together in a certain way. And I think that's what music and art does, right? It's shifting your vantage point. It's coming at something with words, sounds to hold that space. It's kind of a ceremonial thing, right? We do that with education too. But the problem that we have is, gosh, I just want to get to the audience. I want to be with the audience, right? The audience wants to learn. And that's why we love bands. We go see the music because we want to hold that space with them and enjoy this Active creation and they're creating fun stuff. What if they spent years and years in the studio and it came out? I was waiting for that album, waiting for that album, waiting for the album. No, they're just going to the market with it right away. And that's so much more fun. Yeah.
0: It's a it's a more direct connection. And you're not focusing so much on what you would call like the Chrome, right? Like you don't, you don't focus on making everything look perfect or look like you think the audience expects it to look like, because then you end up producing stuff that ultimately feels very like formal, structured, and impersonal which like, m- might be technically the right way, quote-unquote, to do something, but is not actually going to make a connection with your audience. So I think we, we kind of covered letting the work come first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will add one. Okay. I will say there's a lesson here about keeping your collaborators close. So like we mentioned, uh-huh. right? Like these folks are all on each other's records. They're in all each other's touring acts. They know when to step in and step down. It doesn't really matter so much who's in the spotlight in any given project. So for instance, right, the fact that when they play as Noah, Lewis and Genevieve are both front row center. She's doing the singing. When they're playing as clown core, I guess neither of them are really front row center, but presumably that's like a Lewis Sam yeah. combo. And even then, like when Lewis Cole is playing himself, like they're there, Genevieve's there, Sam is there, but they're they're almost like members of the backing band at that point. And similarly, like Genevieve has her own solo touring act that like I actually haven't checked to see if Lewis plays in her live band but like the point is, is people are all collaborating each other through multiple projects and so it it kind of speaks oh. to the idea that like when you form these collaborative creative relationships with other people those are those are worth holding on to and you ultimately produce better products when you think about, like different ways to use everyone's strengths contextually.
1: If I could riff on that, because we're doing art. Please. So what I'm thinking about is, okay, gosh, like they do such cool stuff. I've also seen collaboration with Wolfpack and a Thundercat. And I mean, they're out there, but all these people are kind of like, let's think about a company. Like we're in a company, we have marketing, we have customer ed, we have enablement, we have a customer success onboarding team, we got support. Well, they're all like musicians, right? And we, we, we're, built, we're, we're playing a song together. Early on in the growth of a company, our personality of the company is what we're selling, right? Because the, what does this thing do? I don't know. Let's get out there and talk about it. Why? Because it's changing every day. We are It's performance art in a way. And what I like about my job is that if I represent the company, the people I work with represent the company, and we're out there and we're performing, it's more, it's it's much more like that musical sentiment. It's not scripted and narrated and we have everything perfect. It's a little live and it's it's genuine, but we're all collaborating and that keeping your collaborating close, that collaborators close, that's what's awesome. It's you know, I was thinking the other day about Miro, and I, I was I, I've been going through all the training for Miro online. And what I like is about Matt was one of the, the we've had him on the show before. He's one of the basically like actors and he's talking about stuff and the personality comes here and it's fun and I'm learning and it's like consuming music. It's really kind of cool. Special guest stars, you know, that kind of stuff is neat.
0: Should we have some special guest stars
1: on this show? Yeah. We need a need a top pop artist or something like that. Let's get, I don't know. Who are we going to have on?
0: <laughs> I don't know. We've, we've invited a lot of celebrities onto this show and they have yet to return our calls.
1: <laughs> oh. okay what else dave what's another lesson you know another lesson is that mystery that active mystery we're talking about clown core here you know is it lewis and sam i don't know like is this goofy mask and it could be anybody mystery in learning plays a really unique role because like in in education we're trying to tee up interesting problem sets that our customers can solve. And you know, they don't want to become mysteries at some point. But we say, hey, you know, you could use this platform just for this click and button thing. But if we do this and this and we 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 tell a story, you get so much value out of a platform. But that whole process is really yeah. weird. What do you think about that.
0: A lot of people don't design. I like, I feel like we talked about this a little bit in like the delightful learning episode with Daniel Quick. But it's yeah. like yeah. often the temptation is to lay everything out and I mean everything right you're writing your like beginner course on how to use your product and you're gonna walk through every single part of your product in a very structured manner but actually that's not that's not as engaging as creating some mystery like why don't you start with a provocative challenge for your learners to solve why don't you why don't you start with like a genuinely tough problem that they might relate to in their jobs and then show through by going through, a series of courses or a series of lessons, how they can solve it using your product. Like, mystery is way more compelling than just laying it out there. Right. Like, that's why we're talking about Clown Core, because
1: it's a mystery, right? Yeah. I like that. It's uh, yeah. one of the things I also wanted to bring up is because I was a game design professor for many years, the. And a research scientist. And a research scientist. Jeez, I didn't lie. But in game design the games that we like the most are ones that are a series of interesting choices. They're juicy bits for our brain to suck up and those choices draw us in and engage us a lot more intimately with content, right? In the learning process. So when you're playing games or you're listening to music or whatever you're 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 really pulling people into the conversation and engaging them with something more than that. It's more, it's way more compelling and interesting.
0: Agree. Agree. Like you're creating a little bit more of a narrative around your courses and it's, it's not out of keeping even with, you know, some of the structures that we, we talk about like Gagne's nine events and like that, that really begins with creating like kind of like piquing the learner's interest as well. Uh, Shout out to the Gagne's nine events episode that we did like four years ago. Yeah. Wow. We've
1: done a lot. Okay. Are you looking to elevate your live training offerings? Strigo's virtual classroom brings the power of learning by doing to remote training, making it super easy to deliver highly engaging, hands-on customer training sessions remotely. Unlike conventional conferencing tools, Strigo allows your trainers to see customers interacting with your product during practice and offers just-in-time one-on-one collaborative guidance so you can give your customers the premium learning experience that they deserve. Join leading customer education teams and instantly enjoy higher learning engagement and satisfaction. Visit strigo.io, that's S-T-R-I-G-O.io today to get your demo. Be sure to mention C-Lab for a one month free trial and the first five training sessions for free.
0: What else can we learn? We can learn about blending genres. So like I mentioned earlier, like it's really hard to describe exactly what the genre of all of these bands are like I sort of think of that old Subaru commercial with Jeremy Davies where he's like it's like jazz but it's not exactly like jazz right it's like a little bit jazz a little bit funk a little bit electro pop a little bit Soul RB. there's like a lot of stuff in the mix metal if you you know want to put clowncore in there sometimes they also just do like whatever the hell they want so it, it's 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 interesting because when you listen to even one of these projects on its own, but they're all kind of like this, you might hear the most beautiful orchestral song that you've ever heard in your life uh, going straight into like a completely discordant electro-funk jazz mashup. <laughs> so... What I take from this is you don't need to color within the lines and do what's expected. You don't need to like conform to the genre just because you think that's what should be happening in the genre. And by genre here if we're going to apply this to customer education, we mean like some of the formal rules of instructional design, course design, maybe the like super structured way that you might think to teach your product, right? It's okay to do a few things that are unexpected and weird to gain the learner's attention and to like surprise them a little bit, like break them out of those patterns of thinking, because if you know what your audience expects, you know when to fulfill that and when to subvert that. And I think you kind of need a little bit
1: of both. Yeah. I think it's really, I think that's really cool. That blending of motifs, you know, different, you might take a learning motif that you've seen on TikTok, which just means it's short and punchy and it has some visual effects that make people grab attention but we should be thinking about that all the time. We're not just constrained to an academy framework exclusively. We could oh give you a great example of blending genres. One of the best programs I've seen emerge, I didn't create. And it was the company that I was working for at the time. And I was working with onboarding you know, technical consultants. And they said, what if we try this? And we blended on demand with some cohort stuff, with some one-to-many, And got this really cool, very efficient program that surprised and delighted our customers. And the bottom line of it was we got them through on like launch in with very little hands-on contact for us and very rapidly. And that wasn't anything that would have come out of a straight normal, oh, we're going to do this, then this, then this, then this in a conventional educational intervention plan. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Cool, Dave. You want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one or two more. Okay, inspiration. You know, Lewis Cole was saying that he was inspired by the soundtrack to Mario Kart. Like the hell? That's a <laughs> two thousand. Yeah, he also said he, he said yeah. He said he was inspired by the two
0: thousand one soundtrack, like two thousand one in Space Odyssey and and Mario Kart.
1: Oh, the two thousand one. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Mario Kart was what the hell?
0: What what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's a really random, I, I think, right. I think it's it, like, yeah, it's, it's that right. It's like inspiration comes from unexpected places. It comes from personal places. It doesn't always come from the thing you'd expect it to, right? It's not like he's saying, I listen to a lot of jazz and that's where I got my, my inspiration from. Although clearly he has listened to a ton of jazz, but yeah. the fact that he's also maybe thinking about like, Oh, I'm thinking about this track from Mario Kart and blending it with with the, you know, like my my formal jazz training. it certainly makes for more interesting music. And, and I think again, that maybe speaks to the the point that you were making a moment ago about blending genres, but also it means that like we can take elements of our customer education programs that are inspired by other fields and and in fact, like we're often better. When we do that, because if we're only just recycling the same ideas, then we're all going to have programs that look very similar to each other. So I think there's value in everyone saying, hey, you know what? I I know about this thing that exists outside of customer education. It's in a completely different field. I'm going to take some inspiration for that. It's like Steve Jobs taking the calligraphy course, and that became a huge part of Apple's design philosophy, right?
1: Absolutely. And These kind of munging together of different kinds of things is really important for us. He said munge. <laughs> you need to get a new horn for
0: the show. I do. This is this is my personal horn, not my uh, show horn. Yeah, these aren't very <laughs> good, are they? Well, anyway.
1: <laughs> All right, Concord. Let's, let's 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 bring this one home. I thought I think this is a fun one. We'll we'll try to in, inject some some musical joy into this episode. What was the last point? I think we wanted to make kind of bring it together by talking about music production value too. Did you want to go there a little? bit? Well, we could. Got- we are i think we already talked about that right we were talking about that
0: earlier when at the beginning when we were talking about work speaking for itself and and that diy philosophy but i think we can tie it back to to where we we started right like if we if we really think about meeting our customers needs meeting the customers needs doesn't mean doing every single thing that we can do to possibly teach our our customers about the product it means really deeply knowing what's going to bring them value, what they're going to expect. And then finding like sometimes surprising and unexpected ways to to deliver that to them. So it doesn't mean that everything needs to be a formal course. It doesn't mean that everything needs to be a super structured lesson. It means actually there's value in being agile and testing different approaches that might meet your your customers' needs in in different ways and seeing what sticks. So I think it speaks to, to taking a bit of an experimental mindset to your program. Absolutely. Anything that you would add there, Dave?
1: Yeah, one of the things I'm kind of like reading over my notes and thinking about the things that we've talked about.
0: No, uh, we don't. We don't read notes on the show. I'll read. No. This all comes off the dome.
1: <laughs> I like. I like the feeling that the reality is that our customers are like our audience, right? I'm a musician. You've been a musician. Customer education teams are like musicians. We know how to play music, and we know how to deliver. I'm a performance musician, so I'm okay with mistakes and the little things that happen. I, I think that's why I am how I am. But that's why I think Clowncore and the whole ecosystem of the, the Lewis Colian. <laughs> oh, I just love it. Right. I just love like, it. Drop the perfectionism. Get out there and make awesome music. Make awesome education and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well put.
0: I think everyone. Uh, so, first of all, maybe like if you're going to go listen to Lewis Cole after this, be advised that a lot of his songs contain adult themes. So, if you have kids or you don't like like swear words or <laughs> bathroom humor or things like that, like you got to be pretty choosy about what songs you listen to. But the one I can recommend, I can recommend a song from Lewis Cole's solo project called let it happen I think that's a super beautiful song that often soundtracks my my walks along the uh, Amsterdam canals
1: mm. yeah go listen to all the albums
0: They're go great. listen to all the albums just you know not with your kids or yeah. maybe with your kids actually a lot of kids like Lewis Cole too maybe listen to it first and see if you want to play it for your kids
1: yeah and Lewis if you're out there and you're listening thanks for all the great music Sam Genevieve everybody it's been great stuff. come on the show hey, Come on the show on the show we'll talk about it more.
0: <laughs> we know you're listening come on the show <laughs> uh, and if you if you listeners want to learn more we have a podcast website at customer.education you can find show notes, other materials and if you found value in this podcast, share it with your friends, your peers, your network find an episode you like talk about it on LinkedIn. We love when you do that. We see it when you tag us get in the mix get in the mix. We're on LinkedIn. We listen. Hey, thanks Alan Coda for providing the music that you hear now, as well as the music that you hear on every episode. And we know that a lot of you are subscribed, but if you could please give us a a five-star review, wherever reviews can be given, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places, that'll help share this little show with the rest of the world.
1: Well put, Adam. And our audience, thanks once again for joining us. Get out there, educate, experiment, and find your people. Cheers, everyone.